we'll get there. We'll get there someday. Someday. Someday after <laughs> COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, thank you for joining me. I'm Hecate, and this is Finding Okay, a healing podcast for survivors of sexual assault and abuse. I'm here today with my friend Kim, and we're going to talk a little bit about a whole bunch of stuff, but a lot of movies. So thank you for joining me, Kim. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yay. Hooray. Trigger and content warnings for this episode include the following. Substances... PTSD, trauma, abuse, domestic violence, and potential spoilers for some of the movies we discuss. Please check in with yourself. Make sure you're all right to continue. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I think my uh, shoulder is still a little screwed up from basketball, but other than that, I'm strong, strong as ox. And how's uh, how's quarantine treating you? Yeah, it's going all right. I honestly am. Um... I'm uh, very grateful for my friends that I get to play video games with online. That mm-hmm. has uh, really been keeping me together. <laughs> I think I think everybody's kind of finding what keeps them together these days. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that you have some uh, some virtual connections that you can kind of settle into. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My my very good friends. We just uh, we're always playing something or goofing around or cracking mm-hmm. jokes, and so it's, it's good. It keeps a uh, keeps the nights alive, so to speak. And I would love to hear a compliment that you've received that you've never forgotten. My very good friend who's told me this multiple times throughout our friendship that um, I am still the best guitar player that they've ever met. Aww. So that, that one always gets me. Yeah, that is no small thing. I'm always like, the, the best? And they're like, yeah, the best. I don't think I've ever heard you play, at least not since uh, like high school <laughs> and you were on oh. stage and we weren't friends yet. But <laughs> no, no, I was I was um, that was my uh, that's when I was Kylo Ren and uh, <laughs> I'd yet to join the rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, that was no, I'm, I'm actually I, I think I'm well, obviously you get better as you get older, but. I think I genuinely am a ton better than I used to be, for sure. Oh, what kind of guitar do you play? My baby over here, I got an uh, an Epiphone Sheridan II electric hollow body with the golden pickups, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful baby. Mm. And uh, I also play an Ibanez uh, seven string when I play uh, death metal. When I'm not when I'm not playing bluegrass and I need to play death metal, which is that's what one does, right? <laughs> um, I'll jump on over to the seven string. Uh, I've mostly been playing bluegrass lately, though, and yodeling, yodeling and bluegrass. <laughs> where I've told many of my friends, and they're like, "Kim, are you all right?" And it's like the first your first question, like, "Are you okay?" Yeah. Oh, uh, you've been sending me um, yodeling videos in the group <laughs> chat. Just checking up on you. <laughs> Making sure <laughs> everything's going a okay over there. Is this is this a yodel for help? Yeah, it was a yodel for help. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! That's my new um. That's my new ABC drama. Uh, yodel for help. That's my new Grey's Anatomy spinoff. It's a yodeling for help. 
What is your favorite color or your favorite color combination? And what do you associate with it? Okay. I'm sure you could probably guess the primary one, which is black. Uh, yeah. But I was thinking like the color combos though is more interesting because like I used to wear like a lot of black and red. Like that was like my main jam. Mm-hmm. Sometimes black and pink, but like mostly black and red mm-hmm. with some silver thrown in the mix. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I'm all about the black and white and gray and silver. That's just like nice. all the great, just like the gradient, you know. I've been going like really like starkly like back and forth where it's like I'm either wearing like all black or I'm like literally wearing all white. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been going like crazy with like white clothes lately. I don't know what it is. I think I just want to be Gandalf, the, the white <laughs> I told it's you the other night I got my my Red Dead online character is like all decked out in white. And then I then I did that and I was like then I just started like dressing in all white. I like just like tight, you know, skinny jeans and like a white sweater, classic stuff like that. It makes sense it's dark times. It's dark times. I need I need the light. I need yeah. I need un lit. I've had enough un schaden. More 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 lit. <laughs> as the Germans would say. Mm. That's like one of the few German words I've learned recently from watching that German uh, show, Dark. Yeah, I have to always that. talking about the light and the shadow. Unlit and unschaden. And Lipstein, which is a lipstick. That's a fun way of saying lipstick in German. Lipstein. <laughs> Do you have a favorite color lipstick? Oh, yeah. It's actually really funny. It's, it's a coincidence, but it's, um, it's Revlon 420, I believe, which is hilarious. Ha ha ha. But it's like, it's a... Um, oh, I didn't even think of that. Thank you. <laughs> but it, it's like, it's like a very like desaturated blush kind of color. It's like a dark blush. Nice. It's good. It's it's like, it's versatile. It kind of just goes with like, with anything, you know, but it's not like dark. It's like, it's just, it's pretty medium. It's pretty like, it doesn't like stand out, you know. A natural, but with character. Right, right. I usually would like to, I prefer just doing standout eye stuff over lip stuff. It's probably because I have tiny itty bitty lips and then I'm just like, screw it. I'll just go for Me the eyes. Me too. And especially because like, it, if I had my way, I'd wear really dark colors. But when you have like smaller right. lips and then you put the dark colors, it's just sort of like, oh, well, this, I mean, did the opposite of what I wanted. Yeah, but you're like, okay. w- what have I done? <laughs> what have I wrought? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not happy with any of that. I've spent all this time and I'm not happy. This is not good. I've experimented with like overdrawing, but I'm like, I'm not confident about it by any means. Oh, oh, you mean like going oh, outside? Overdrawing the like the, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of creating like new boundaries um, and expanding like certain shapes. And you know, it's scary. Uh, you gotta like, it's terrifying. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta graze the razor. You gotta live on the razor's edge with the. Especially with those dark colors, for sure. Now I'm just thinking like apocalypse now, but like in the cosmetics aisle, like <laughs> a snail crawling along the edge of a razor. <laughs> I'm just like staring at the the row of lipsticks, like ooh. Oh, but wait, I you oh. said what do you associate the colors with, right? Oh yes, thank you for bringing me back to right, that. right. So I think with the black and red, just like quickly, it was like it was more about like power and aggression, like a dominant stance you know, so to speak. Yeah. They're very powerful colors. together. Oh yeah. It was, it was all about like confidence and like aggression and power. 
But I think the black and white, it's less about the the representation behind. I still get the power from the black, I think, but the white is also a nice expressiveness of maybe wisdom or, or kind heartedness or, or compassion, you know, mm, nice. a little bit of uh, silliness, it's just the, the yin and the yang, to trying not to not overcompensating for things, you know, putting on a front, putting on a mask, you know, just being more, more free with it, you know. Yeah. If there's a warrior, a Golden State Warriors game on, I'll be rocking blue and gold because <laughs> that's my team. Otherwise, I'll never wear blue and gold. They're very team colors together. Yeah, I know, right? I think you're the first person that I've ever had here who had like black as a favorite color. Oh, so really? I definitely appreciate you showing up with that and uh, and yeah. actually like the the color combination that was specifically me because black is one of my favorite colors and my favorite combination is like the black and the blue and that mm. combination is so important to me and so i you know and i also remember like color theory class in uh, in art school and just all the the interesting things where everyone would put up here's my favorite color combination and here's my least favorite color combination it was unique to every individual and you saw some very specific combinations that showed up almost exactly in like this is my favorite and then right next to it is like this is my least favorite oh wow that's and one that one that showed up for a lot of people was like salmon pink and lime green as a oh. combination and it was either like this is my favorite or like i hate this <laughs> Yeah, no, I could see that. Because, like, I'll, like, never wear, like, black and blue. Like, it's so rare. Unless it's, like, a really, like, metallic blue, maybe. I, I need, like, a bright, saturated blue. That's mm, my favorite. Totally. No, that, that I could see that working. Yeah, I think I think if we we're like uh, like the goth Power Rangers, like, black and, <laughs> you'd be black and blue, I'd be black and red. Can someone make this, please? The emo goth Power Rangers. I would. Oh, I would With watch the side the bangs, you gotta get the side <laughs> bangs. Oh. Uh, and just like we're kind of like not really even that excited to go into morphin time. Like no, it's, of course it's not. Morphin time. Ugh, you know. Uh, fine. I guess it's morphing time. Whatever. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. <laughs> I want Aubrey Plaza to be in that. Yeah, yo, if we, yeah, if if there ever is a, a goth Power Rangers, Aubrey Plaza is absolutely the Green mm. Ranger, mm. White Ranger, whatever, mm. the leader of the pack for sure. <laughs> if I had to summon you in a ritual, oh yeah, what five things would I need to place as offerings at each point of the pentagram on the floor? Yeah, I love this question. This is great. Me too. It's my favorite. Slightly different for a morning summoning versus a nighttime summoning. Fair. Um, if it's the only thing that changes in the morning summoning would be a boiling hot cup of coffee with a sugar and half and half. Um, or if it was nighttime, a, a cup of tea with a sugar and whole milk. What kind of tea? Ooh, Earl Grey, hot. Nice. Thank you. I love I've got I've got Earl Grey right now, happy. actually. I, or also a large glass filled to the top with ice cubes w with a cranberry juice, ocean spray cranberry juice. Mm. Either three of those drinks would work, but that's that's at the the top. There needs to be a beverage. Beverage is very important to me. I don't go. I don't leave any room without a beverage. <laughs> um, of course, you got you know giant nug of uh, the green in a mm -hmm. uh, and I wrote a quote in a comically large bong. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's what's your your bong's name oh uh, you had some breakage 
Well, J- uh, Bong, James Bong, uh, sadly passed away uh, before Sean Connery did. So they both, mm-hmm. they both are uh, have deceased. But now we have um, LeBong James. Nice. Of the, of, nice. Of the LA Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Okay, so I got that. That's haha, very funny. <laughs> um, it's adorable. Uh, uh, a leather jacket with aviator mirrored sunglasses and the inside pocket. So it's kind of like a twofer, but I, I consider that a one piece, you know. What color is the leather? Oh, it's black. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. I mean, come on. A mold cider scented candle, which is just, I just, that's my favorite. I'm all about the mold cider scented candle. It just smells like someone's making uh, apple cider with um, with whiskey or something. It smells great. And I, lastly, I have a, a heavy gauge uh, Fender guitar pick. Definitely the, the heavy is the important part. I, I can't stand medium or soft picks. I feel like giant waste of time. It's just more stable. You can be more accurate with it. You get a crunchier, like uh, more prominent sound. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to play with. It feels good. It doesn't slip out of your hand maybe quite as easily. I was thinking you could also put in the center of the pen, uh, the pentagram a, a bottle of Excedrin would also work in the center. <laughs> I like this. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Not like necessary. It depends on 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 how I'm feeling when I get summoned. Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't want like a grumpy Kim, you know. Right, right. Like I, I, you know, if I'm summoning her, I don't know what mood <laughs> she's going to be in when I get her. So I might as well, like, you know, yeah, hedge my bets. <laughs> true. I could be like hangry Kim, where I'm just like need a sandwich, and then I don't become, and then I'm not evil anymore. I'd be like the easiest villain in like a horror movie to defeat. They would just have to like feed me. <laughs> and like give me a couple excedrin and like a cup of tea or something it's like the end of the movie they just they set out a buffet you know that sounds pretty great actually the spirit has been <laughs> has vanished from this presence <laughs> just munching on a sandwich like oh thanks oh thanks i think i can move on with my life <laughs> i think it's time to I think oh. it's time to go hmm. I'm going to pull a, uh, I'm going to be like Robin Williams and uh, what dreams may come. Time to move on. Oh, I was just flipping through my DVDs and was looking at that. <sighs> that is one of my all-time favorites. Yo, me too. I feel like we talked about that because like no one else we know likes that movie but us. Because it's My so partner sad. adores it, but it's oh, definitely okay. like, do you want to watch it? Like it is asking someone like, so do you want to like just cry uncontrollably? Yeah. Do you want to cry <laughs> and mood. think about hell for like yeah, exactly. a couple hours? And and I'll always be the one in the room, like just like raising my hand, like I do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm the same art person. and sadness. Yes, please. Yeah, a little Dante's uh, Inferno thrown in. Oh mm. yeah, it, that, yum, I mean, yum, yum, it yum, basically yum. is Dante's Inferno. It's basically it the is. Divine Comedy. Kim, I got in so much trouble in middle school. That whole thing that happens, I got in trouble. Part of it was because I was reading Dante's Inferno, what? and the teachers freaked out. They were like. They said to my, it is. It is literally a fucking classic that you would read in college. Like, yeah, exactly. And they didn't know what it was. Like, so they were talking to my parents. They were like, "We're really concerned. She's reading books about hell." And it's like, 
It's Dante's Divine Comedy. Didn't yeah. you have to read this to get your degree? Why are you upset? Stop yeah. it. This is like one of the most like important like pieces of literature like ever. Which is amazing because it's basically biblical fan fiction. It is. It's totally. It's totally like what happens after so Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Classic fan fiction. Yeah. But what are three essentials to your self-care? playing some nighttime video games with uh with my pals mm. um that always is and my brother you know it's always really a lot of fun something competitive something a little adrenaline boosting get my heart you know above 75 80 bpms you know get it moving get it grooving same thing with um like a uh, second one like watching you know art house horror drama movies a thriller a good thriller something spooky something to get my heart moving something to make me you know a good good family drama where i can i can feel something you know which is nice it's good to feel something when watching a movie instead of just kind of like passively witnessing it you know it's one thing i like about drama movies you really feel like you're in the middle of uh this family you know and then lastly you know playing a lot of bluegrass guitar and yodeling um (laughs) That has truly kept me together. Learning bluegrass songs, playing along with people, learning how different little little riffs and little moves, little grooves, little tricky sounding things. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've and I've always liked playing country bluegrass guitar, even though it's like it's not one of my favorite genres of music, but like it's probably my favorite genre to play on the guitar. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. It's just so joyful and happy and, and improvisational and very simple, you know. Every song has got three chords, basically, you know. If it's got four chords, it's like a complex bluegrass song, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, doing something physical as well, you know, whether it be in just doing like yard work or playing a little basketball or just going for a walk or something. Just something, get my joints moving, lift something. I, got, you lo- I, got, I love that adrenaline. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for real. Like, I used to do way more dangerous stuff when I was younger. I'm surprised I didn't break, like, like so many bones when I was younger. Like, it doesn't make sense. I think some people are just really lucky. And then I also wonder if there's, like, a genetic component to it. Yeah, I could just have strong bones or something. I don't know. I think some people do. But yeah, yeah, I've, like done speed skating on rollerblades down like a, a like a road going like 30 miles an hour 32 miles an hour in rollerblades and, f- and then falling <laughs> that that were pretty bad i did oh, like God. a tuck and roll on on some dirt on the side of the road <laughs> i was going so fast that was a lot of fun but i got back up and i went back to the top of the hill and i did it before i went home and called it a day Get some gravel and bedded in some dermis, or had, yeah, had no, I, I I messed up my shoulder pretty good. Mm. I landed kind of on it on my first tuck and roll. It could have been a lot worse, so I could have smashed into pavement. I had like no safety gear on or anything, you know. A lot of dangerous activities. I, I'm better with like managing my adrenaline now than I used to. I used to just partake in more like physically dangerous activities. Now it's more like like. Uh, holodeck you know simulated <laughs> versions like movies and games and something with the thrill but less of the uh breaking bones oh so did you finish twister earlier 
Oh, no. I paused it. They're running from the F5. Oh, yeah. The thrilling conclusion. Exactly. And they go to the barn with all the knives and the like (laughs) horrible thing. Who are these people? (laughs) Love it. It's such like a horror movie like moment, but it's like used for like like a laugh. It's like so good. Yeah, that that movie like finds this really great balance for me between like heart pumping, like disaster porn, and then just um has fun with it at the same time but finds a nice balance where it's not like too over the top and like the fucking like cow another cow (laughs) oh yeah i mean there are moments like that that get memed to death you know and it's like yeah those are very silly and like probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't happen that way but like you you can't watch movies like that i think you gotta you gotta focus on the heart you gotta focus on the character the tone just the experience of it like don't get wrapped up in the minutiae of like the physics of this world that the movie takes place in you know gotta find that suspended disbelief yeah my friend does that all the time it's hard to watch a movie or a show with him because he's just like i don't understand well what if they do i'm like just enjoy the show just just let it flow over you just stop (laughs) overthinking this like you're missing the point Mm-hmm. Like I watched The Lighthouse with him recently. He didn't know what was going on in that movie. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks amazing. Didn't Elliot recommend you The Lighthouse? Yes, and I thought that was so cool that she mentioned it and you mentioned it like independently mm. of each other, like months apart. So I have to watch this movie. Yeah, I just saw it for the second time recently, mm. and woof, it's it's great. It's 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 by the same guy uh, that did The Witch. Is it really? It's the same director writer. Yeah. God, I loved The Witch. Yeah, it's uh, Rob, Robert Eggers, I think, is his name. It takes place like in the 1800s, I think, at a, at a, a lighthouse uh, post, like in this little island, you know. And it's, uh, it's an old lighthouse keeper and a young, a new young one, Robert Panson and Willem Dafoe. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It's basically just them. They're yeah. like the two characters in the whole movie. And some nice isolation stuff. Oh, yeah. It's all black and white. It's all in the old school aspect ratio, the tall aspect ratio they used to make movies in, you know, and uh, which works for lighthouses and tallness and things. True. Yeah. That was one thing with Jurassic Park, too. Do you know about that? Another movie that we were going to talk about with um, really? the Spielberg chose a taller aspect ratio for Jurassic Park because of the the dinosaurs and feeling the scale yeah. and the height of everything. Thought it would be better than having a wider picture. Yeah, definitely. No, I didn't know that. That makes a lot of sense. Good call. Oh yeah, it's true. All the newer ones are all widescreen, and they it feels yeah. well apart from like the special effects. Like you can also feel like how the taller screen just works so yeah. well for for that first movie. God, the Jurassic Parks, the special effects still stand up so well. Oh my God, it's insane. Those originals, like, I, I, I'm i blown away by, I mean, considering how easily special effects are dated, especially computer graphic. Oh yeah, oh special yeah. Special effects are dated these days and you just, you know, you wait a couple of years and you just, you look back on stuff and you're like, oh, I see it. I don't know. Oh yeah. I still think the new stuff feels dated to me. We're still figuring it out, but like that yeah. was... Jurassic Park was like groundbreaking with CGI and you look back at it and you're like, this is amazing. Well, the thing that they really did in that movie was, yeah, Yeah. was that he created 
like his own software or he had people work Spielberg day was yeah. like a brand new thing. But the, the secret to that was that it wasn't all CGI is that a lot yeah. of it was puppetry machines and stuff and like yeah. practical effects. And then they, they were cut, so smart. Yeah. And then they like perfectly edited, you know, the CGI in between. So it didn't mm-hmm. like dominate the scene. And so that the puppetry stuff dominated and then they would fill in the gaps with the CGI stuff. I love the story with with the um, enormous animatronic T-Rex starting to, you know, in the rain scene, like starting to shutter and shut down and them having to towel it off. I remember that. I love that. Because it's raining. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like technology and water does not mix well. So they're just like babying this thing in between takes. And I do remember that. Yeah, that's right. Oh, just so this scary. puppet starting to enormous like i don't know how many like tons that thing but that thing was dangerous that thing was huge and and them having to take care of it and uh you know it deciding how long a, a shot would go before it would start to just shut down i wanted to talk about a couple things with these movies i wanted mm-hmm. to I, I wanted to specifically talk about the comparisons you could make between laura dern's character in jurassic park and helen hunt in twister Mm. How similar are those characters in terms of like like their background and like the way that people look at them and like I think yeah, Laura they're... Dern has a little bit of sexism from someone in Jurassic Park. Definitely. Yeah. And uh oh shit, what's his name? Old guy, old rich man. Uh Hammond. Thank you. Yeah. Mr. Hubris. <laughs> he says something about, well, maybe I should go first. And she's like, I oh love that. Are you serious? Yeah. She's like, we, and her response was beautiful. She was like, oh, look, we can discuss sexism and survival situations when yes. I get back. Yes, I <laughs> it was that. exquisite. Oh she's my like, God. You know what? Like, I'm just way smarter than you. And I don't have time for this crap right now. We literally yeah, she have just, monsters yeah. chasing us right now. Yeah, she she was just didn't even like engage with it. She was just like fuck this, like and called it what it was, and then walked out the door to do what she needed to do for everybody. Yeah, that that was amazing. I do love her character, and um, yeah, and and it was like she was addressed as um, she, I love that she wasn't over sexualized, right? But then she exactly. did have to deal with sexism or true, like true. people kind of looking at her. Um, you know, as as a woman or or pursuing her, there was a little bit of that with Jeff Goldblum's character. What was his name? Oh, uh, Ian or uh, Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing in the car with the whole chaos oh, theory and yeah, him hitting yeah. on her and there was that yeah. too. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, Helen Hunt's character is is I would say probably um I just love her so much in that movie. Yeah, I'm so glad to to find somebody else that like appreciates her character and and also that movie. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, Twister's so good. Well, I think mm-hmm. there's like these kind of characters in movies. Like, I feel like they're they're not written enough, or mm-hmm. or if they are, they're like they don't get the attention they deserve. Yeah, they're not flashy, they're not loud, and they're not sure. what what sells. But I think they're starting to get more and more attention uh, the more i think um both like writers and the people in charge and you know the the more that the ratio changes with the gender with the people who are who are writing and who are producing true, and who are true. pushing things and then also like the you know the the more people start to notice like oh you know women go to movies <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that they aren't like necessarily interested in the uh in this like male gaze character that we keep trying to shove down their throats yeah and we all don't like romantic comedies. 
Let's put yes. that out there. Yes. That's a great I, thing to put out there. We like we we want to be scared. We want to be thrilled. Mm-hmm. I mean, like occasionally, uh, I'll watch a romantic movie. <laughs> I I w- I was just about to raise my hands. Like I yeah. <laughs> walk the line. Gotta always watch Walk the Line at least once a year. I still haven't fucking seen that movie. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's yeah. so good. I did see the um the spoof of it for oh the my first God. time. Just walk a few hard, weeks ago. right? Yes, I saw Walk Hard. My partner put it on, and I had no idea. What, I was like, "What is this?" And he was like, "Have you not?" I was like, "No, I haven't seen really any good. of this." It was so good. Like that's that's and and it's beautiful because it stands alone, which is really impressive for a spoof. You don't want any of this, Dewey. Just just, just get out of here. You don't want any part of it. That was so good. Just get out of here, dude. You don't want any, you don't want you don't want anything to do with this. Oh, it's addictive? No, it's not addictive at all. <laughs> Makes sex great. Get out of here, Dewey. Oh my god. Dewey, I'm so sorry. It wasn't until this moment that I realized how easy it is to accidentally cut someone in half with a machete. Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus. You 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 should see the um the original Walk the Line. If you ever want to mm-hmm. watch it online, let me know. I'll watch the shit out of that movie. That was Reese Witherspoon, wasn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, I love her. Yeah, me too. Me too. Walking Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon, oh, great stuff. And yeah. you get to learn a little bit about that that era. Like I don't know, just June Carter is just such like a badass in that movie. She just like seems like just so cool. It's it's a really sweet movie though, but it's it's a good drama. It's got a lot of great music. It's just like a great movie to watch if you have a subwoofer going. You have a nice sound system. And Walking Phoenix is just awesome as Cash, and he does all the Cash singing and Reese is singing, and they're both just awesome. But yeah, like th- those kind of characters we were talking about with um you know Helen Hunt in Twister and uh, oh and Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. I I think like Ellen Ripley could also like is a similar character in that yes. regard like One it just like favorites. obviously besides the stuff that you were talking about with the other characters like their characters at their core all three of them are very similar where they're like very good in their field they're you know respected yeah. i was gonna say that experts in their fields i really love that showing that that's possible yeah and there's there's an independence and a passion and um a self-assurance that yeah that self-assurance and uh and confidence like I, f- I feel um, writing self-doubt or self-consciousness has been a part of writing of, of I mean, specifically like men writing women for so long and, uh, oh, yeah, and totally. that kind of challenged and in, in some characters has just been so important. Yeah. I think it just, it can show you like what just writing from like a gender neutral perspective can like get you just great stories that aren't worried about all of these other things. Mm-hmm. And just like like Alien, yeah. So apparently, when they when they wrote Alien, they didn't have any of the characters' genders in mind, and they just wrote them as characters, just as performing their roles in the movie, essentially, or whatever they did on the ship, and you know what happens to them at the end, obviously. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I think not until like they got to like casting did they really start considering stuff like this, because the script. If you listen to the script, it's like yeah, it's it's they're you know they're in the future it's like it's got that star trek vibe except you know we're not on the enterprise we're not on the the flagship you know this is just like mm-hmm. some this is like what uh 
you know, like Jordy LaForge grew up on and some, just some trader, <laughs> you know, ships or who is it? Was it Jordy or, uh, or the guy from Enterprise, the ensign from Enterprise? They grew up there on was, a... Yeah, there was definitely a character from Enterprise that grew up on like a... Oh, Travis Mayweather. Thank you. Ensign Mayweather, of course. There I you think go. so. I know we both know our Star Trek. I know, I, actually, I know that like, you. I know never Star finished Trek. Enterprise, so I actually only just tried to to get through that series, <laughs> like wrong. during quarantine. Oh my fucking god, that's fuck. Oh my god, every Trekkie has such feelings about that intro. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I got I got better for the worse. Heart. Yeah. Oh my god. Call me crazy, I but I got faith of the heart for Captain Archer and um <gasps> and his crew. I I just loved the first officer, T'Pol. Oh, T'Pol was awesome. I loved her. She was great. Yeah. I I love some Vulcan logic. I'm all I'm about, all about I'm all about the Vulcan yeah. the Vulcan yeah. peoples. Any Star Trek game I've ever played, I'm always always a Vulcan, hundred mm. percent. I feel like if you were to throw me into that universe, I'd I don't know, I could be like half Klingon, half Vulcan. I was like literally thinking that right now, like because yeah, Klingons know how to have fun, and Vulcans know how to chill. Got that like fierce emotion, and then also just this yeah, that super. That restraint, that logic, that chill, that rational brain, and that's right. Yeah, and we're not talking wharf Klingon. We're talking fun Klingon. <laughs> oh, poor wharf. Poor wharf. He's <laughs> Klingons do not laugh. Like uh, that's all they do. Every other Klingon I've ever met yeah. just laughs. Or if you're just going to the wrong parties, because like, <laughs> I love at the end of um, Deep Space Nine, Worf is just like, yeah, you should go to Minsk. It's really nice in Minsk. And everyone's like, we're not going to Minsk for our vacation, Worf. <laughs> it's like, of oh. course, that's where Worf enjoys his time. He likes going to Minsk. Of course. That's his paradise. Mm. Just, just like a cold <laughs> middle Some of hellish nowhere. landscape, yeah. <laughs> I loved Balana in Voyager. I was in love with Balana. Yeah, she was pretty I cool. I loved the women in, in Voyager. Those, those women were just so formative oh, yeah. for me. Captain Janeway, Seven of Nine, Balana. I, I, I really gave Voyager a second shot recently in the last year. I really wasn't like a huge fan of it before, but I hadn't mm-hmm. seen a ton of it, especially chronologically. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching it with a couple of friends. I got I got real into it and I started really enjoying it. Not to say oh, that every episode was great, but not to say that oh, every God. TNG is is great or no, that's DS9 the thing with whatever. with every fucking Star Trek series, like and a lot of shows as well. Like it's not going to be every episode, but the core. There's something about the core of the show that has to shine through. Oh yeah, and, and very steady. No, Voyager is pretty great. I really love the Doctor like so mm. so much. Yeah, and his evolution as oh, a yeah. person. There's always a character that's having some kind of like in in every. I feel like in every um, um every version of or... Star Trek. Yeah, like every every series. There's. Just that exploration of um, the evolution of self 
And right, right. Specifically, like, I mean, in lots of characters, but there's always like one character that's like really yes. formed around that idea. Like Spock, Data. Exactly, exactly. Um, Odo. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like the doctor was, uh, and Seven were, were and definitely, seven, definitely that. And, and then they got them together to explore it together. And, That's you true. know, and, and the doctor was mentoring her and was like, well, I basically like, you know, had to figure out who the fuck I was or what the fuck I was. Like, <laughs> right, welcome right. to being a person. <laughs> oh my God. Including that like creepy scene where he like tells her to undo her hair and just like wave her head around a little bit. And she's like, I, am I being attractive? <laughs> Doctor's like, uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I skipped some some weird Doctor Seven stuff when I was rewatching oh, the. Yeah, yeah. The, the there, there's is definitely hilarious. some weird stuff that they did with Seven. That, oh yeah, you know, I'm more conscious of now that I'm an adult. But oh, as yeah. a child, I was like, and if know. you know how like uh, Rick Berman was like treating, you know, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan, yes. Rick Berman like treated her terribly on that show. It was like, it was, yeah, it was horrible. Especially that out- the outfit that they made her wear and the corset and everything. She, yeah, like, they had to stop and... production like every time she had to pee. Yeah, it was it was really not a good experience for her. Same thing with um Terry Terry Farrell from DS Nine. Terrible. Which character was that was a Jadzia. Mm. Just yeah, Rick Berman. There's a great documentary on YouTube. For anyone that wants to watch, it's like a half an hour about why Rick Berman like prevented anything like queer from happening in Star Trek for like a long time, and like why he was horrible to all like the female characters on Star Trek. It's like a pretty well documented. It's a it's a good watch. Was the answer just misogyny? A lot of it, yeah, for okay. sure. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this. Do, do you know what the name of it is? Yeah, I'm sure I could find it. It's like um. It's like just why Berman's a, a, a dill hole on YouTube. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I was going to guess, but. <laughs> oh, I found it. It's called Berman Trek Renegade Cut. There you have mm. it. Mm. I'll tell you I'll all about that. smelly Rick Berman. <laughs> yeah. I. Wow. My life would have been so different if there had been more queer content I know, on Star right? Trek. Took God them damn. until like discovery to get anything going. Yeah, with the exceptional of, occasional like, the kiss. like, wasn't there a kiss with Jadzia Dax? There was, but then they made it seem like not queer by like making it so like Jadzia was like in a male host, exactly. and she was in a female host at the time that they were together. So it was like a heterosexual original couple, and then now they were yeah. remeeting as two women. Yeah. So that was like yeah. Because originally it wasn't going to be that, but that was like the only way that they could get it past Rick Berman. But I mean, yeah, it's and of course all their like contract negotiation stuff they they all had to go through was just brutal as usual for for women mm. doing the same job with you know a fraction of the pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No good. Yep. No negotiations. Either take it or leave it. You know. Gross. But yeah, you know that you and I both, we are the experts of uh, of darkness, of dark mm. cinema and story. Mm. Well, and going into that, like some more other characters that are on both our lists of formative femininity was uh, Morticia and Wednesday. Yes. Who I put on my list for, for today. Yes. 
they'd they're be just, on my list. So one, especially yeah. Morticia, honestly, like Wednesday, oh. Wednesday's great, but I just love just how like she just Morticia is just so cool. And she's always got that light in front of her eyes traveling wherever she goes. Mm. She's always got a perfect horizontal light like across her eyes, like old movies mm. used to do. I've never noticed this. It's true. It, it does come to mind. It's like yeah. literally every shot of both of those movies. They do that. It's incredible. The, the level of commitment to that wow. like motif is incredible. And I adore the um the relationship that she has with Gomez. I think that was probably one yes. of like the healthiest oh, relationships so I've good. ever seen on camera. Like <laughs> it's so good. It was such a good example. It's so romantic and fun and whimsical. And it's but it feels very um, respectful and equal in, in yeah. Every there's way. a healthiness to yeah. it that you don't think about because you you focus on the kinkiness. Uh, you know, if you're if you're watching it as like a normal and you're just like <laughs> you know like these people are so wacky. This is so weird and bizarre. You right. all are so weird. He wears a and, pinstripe suit. That is so crazy. Well, they're so extra. And right. Totally. Then you just kind of miss how fucking healthy they are. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's what I always got out of those movies. Yeah. It was like, yeah, Wednesday is probably the only, like, most dangerous person in the family, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because she, <laughs> she's just like, let's just screw around with some knives and bombs and stuff. and Yeah, you know, I just want to kill my siblings. Like, it'll, it'll probably be fine, you know? Yeah. And somehow it always is. Yeah, somehow. And that, very good there's that sense that she, yeah, like there's, there is that like mysterious sense that she understands like the bizarre limits of life and the universe and what will work, won't, won't, won't work, even if you don't. And totally. everything is continuously okay, even though she's doing like really messed up shit. Oh, yeah. And so there's this level of, of control and mystery about her that I love. And oh, yeah. I just I love the stoicism. I was a huge I was a huge fan of the stoicism because I was always very flat faced as as a child. Like I was just naturally very stoic because I was feeling so much. Mm-hmm. I you know the the face I showed to the world was very stony. Seeing that and and another character was just so important. And uh, and seeing that it could be <laughs> that it could be funny. Oh my and, god! Yeah. Uh, and awesome and powerful. And I loved that. Yeah, I think that's like the best part about those Adams Family movies. It's just like mm. they're just such a great, loving, caring family that just likes goth stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. with a little bit of supernatural stuff thrown in the middle, you know. Yeah, it's so good. You know what? I, I was also thinking too with these with these different movies we've been talking about. I feel like we're uh, the ones that we had listed already. I feel like those characters are more. Like, you know, the, the the more confident characters, you know, the more like well-studied character, like, you know, they're in a situation that like, you know, they have the technical expertise for all the things that they're working on. You know, they have these mm-hmm. powerful tools at their disposal. You know, they're like, you know, their boss, you know, level kind of confidence in what they're doing and delegating, you know, mm-hmm. all this great stuff. I think that all the characters do in that movie. And I, I know that you and I have talked about um, characters that are kind of the other side, like other characters that they'll write for, like more like horror, you know, thriller type movies, where mm. they're like a bit more unprepared, mm. like because because like Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor in the first Terminator, yeah, 
That like, she's a great example. Like she's not like I mean, she doesn't really have any special skills besides like her ability to keep moving, I guess, you know, her persistence and her Yeah, it was it was the the idea of being tested by circumstances and like when you shave off all the normality and the unpreparedness and 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 just uh and like what's it what's at the heart of you like what's at the core what's revealed by this crisis exactly what's what's what are you really made of and life testing you and then the diamond in the rough like that's revealed like the you're polished and your inner strength is revealed by by circumstance and she's a great example of that because she is she is very soft in the first oh, yeah. movie oh, yeah. um and she is unprepared and you know and she does keep moving that's a, a great way to put it and then damn when you see her in in t2 Ooh, oh yeah that especially like that first scene that reveal of her in her cell oh it's so good it's, it's so incredible good <laughs> it's amazing but it but it doesn't work unless you've seen the first movie. It's like See, I you, didn't see the first movie. Really? Yeah, I saw the second movie first when I was a, when I was a kid. And it was still powerful that moment. Definitely seeing a woman like that was still incredibly powerful. Yeah, um, yeah. and her like and w- yeah, I can't I can't remember was she like on the ceiling of the cell or something and she had like her bed like against the wall and then she was using like the yeah. bottom um like feet of the bed to do pull-ups something like that yeah but she was uh yeah she was like exercising she was keeping fit she was keeping prepared she was ready she was yeah this readiness about her she's fit it's very military and um and just this uh the sharpness about her <laughs> and uh and also that humor oh yeah you know how's the knee right and just so good so i can't good. even balance my own checkbook <laughs> she like literally says that in the movie she's like how can i be the mother of the future mm-hmm. i can't even balance my checkbook <laughs> <laughs> yeah next movie and she's like oh let's let's go get my guns yeah i need i need lots of weapons right <laughs> mm-hmm don't worry, I have them stashed across yeah. the country yeah, strategically. Exactly. Yeah. I don't even think those were hers. I think she was just like, I need your stuff. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and there was some kind of unspoken thing where like, she probably did something for him years ago. And now this is... Yeah, that hint of another back, life. You know? Yeah. They never said any of that in the movie, but there's this kind of like this body language thing going on, you know? And the way mm. she's talking kind of like infers that because, you know, they're, they they have a past that they're friends. So I love stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like we, those kind of characters, like besides, honestly, Sarah Connor, because so many people love Sarah Connor, but mostly they're thinking of T2 Sarah Connor, you know, yeah. when, when people are talking about her. But like the characters that like are like T1 Sarah Connor, the characters, you know, like Jodie Foster in Panic Room mm. or... Sandra Bullock and Gravity, you know, these mm-hmm. characters that are very smart characters, but they're they're incredibly emotionally not ready for this intense experience that they're in. And it's like the journey of like finding that strength within yourself to like get through what seems to be like an impossible situation. I just I love characters like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, like Wendy Torrance. Yeah. From The Shining. Like she's I find her to be similar to T1 Sarah Connor. 
Like, I don't really see, like, a huge difference between yeah. those two characters. Agreed. Like, she's not built in, like, a, a badass, you know, she's just trying to be a good person, you know, basically. Yeah, she's, yeah, I mean, just just very, just normal person. And there isn't that confidence. There's just dealing with the hand that you're dealt as best right. you can as it as it happens. And it's happening really fast, and you're watching this person adjust. And uh, yeah, and definitely in certain situations where like, if you don't adjust, you die. Yeah, that adapt or perish kind of thing. Exactly. And and watching them take form and and watching like that inner strength emerge um, that they didn't even know they had. And that's exactly. really powerful. Right. Yeah. And I think Wendy Torrance is a really beautiful example of that. And people just... She is a character that is not appreciated. No, and this is why I thought it would be important to talk about that because yeah. it's not just her. There's so many wonderful characters that are very similar to her that are like incredibly inspiring heroes, even if they're not like the Uma Thurman and Kill Bill type of hero, mm -hmm. you know, or like the Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia Organa, you know, character, very mm -hmm. confident large and in charge you know characters yeah. that are all showing fun. up prepared yeah and those are also great because then if, you, if those characters usually have to deal with a great weakness that yeah. is preventing that is truly hindering them and you know you can have the other side of the story too and i can think it can be just as powerful to have someone a story of someone finding strength and getting over weakness versus like someone that already is strong and having to overcome some other weakness, you know, within mm -hmm. themselves or, or, or an outside problem that's happening. They could be just a nice character too. And there's just a bunch of crap happening to them. That happens a lot as well. Yeah. Sometimes they don't have a problem or maybe there's like a little relationship issue going on, like a little drama maybe but that is resolved, you know, like in panic room, that's like a pretty good example it's kind of like mm -hmm. a little bit of a fractured relationship with her and her daughter. You know, by the end, they're, they're uh, you know, it ends just how the movie begins on the park bench where they're just looking for apartments and you can tell that things have changed, you know, and the relationship, it's a different, slightly different, you know, body language and facial expressions. And it's, it's very subtle, but it, it is a nice ending. Yeah, I don't remember the ending. I have to rewatch that. It's, it's good. been ages since I've seen Panic Room. I remember loving it. I think it's so it just keeps your your heart pounding. It's yeah. incredible. It's such a great adrenaline movie, but it has a lot of heart. It's 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 really a wonderful story of family and like yeah, doing something that like Sarah Connor would do, finding that strength that you maybe didn't want to find because you if you want to be a kind person. I think I think that should be really applauded because, you know, I had like a pretty terrible relationship like over a decade ago. It was like a two year relationship and it was nice at first, but it got really worse over time. And she was very verbally abusive. And sometimes she would like she kicked me in the shins a couple of times. She had violent like outbursts where she would throw all the stuff off the shelves of the wall and start breaking stuff. Really scary stuff. So sorry. it's okay. It's, it's I'm 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 finding okay. I'm doing all right. <laughs> and credits. No, <laughs> I got the titular line on your podcast. Mm. Um, but that's that's one thing I think I really love about um stories like The Shining and stories like the term like T One the Terminator and, and stories like Panic Room and 
you know, even even gravity is just these kind of non non Robin Hood type characters for women. You know, mm-hmm. these characters that are didn't want to be a hero. They didn't they they weren't interested. They wanted to they're they're just kind people and they don't want to not be kind and they're being forced to deal with an entity or a person or a monster that's unable to reciprocate anything. And I feel like that's hard for people to do. And I think The Shining does that so well because Jack is so mean to Wendy in that movie. He's awful. It's and, it's often yeah. like the abusive like undercurrent in that movie oh. is often overshadowed oh, by yeah. the fact that there are ghosts. I, and I but hate it when people miss the so part central. of that movie. Yes, yes. I loved rewatching it with you. And it just really gave me a whole new appreciation. Um, because I like I was like, oh yeah, I've watched it, like I remember it. And rewatching it and reframing it, it's such a powerful movie. Yeah. And like I don't even care like if Kubrick like intended it the way that like I saw it. It really is just like a perfectly made thriller drama about mm. about a family that's that's falling apart, you know. And just like most really great horror movies, like, you know, the supernatural entity isn't the point of the movie. It's it's a reflection of these of these human experiences that everyone experiences or not everyone, but just just people, real people experience in their lives. Yeah, it's a great mix of the the paranormal or like the supernatural and the psychological, I'll say. Exactly. It's a wonderful poetic way to express terror or uncertainty or um, mm-hmm. just, you know, any of those kind of raw emotions you'll get with, you know, real life terrible situations. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's, uh, that, those are the my favorite kind of horror movies, like, like, yeah. you know, kind of like more literal horror movies, like, like Friday the 13th and stuff like that. <laughs> Like those are fun. I still have fun watching. Yeah, they're fun. They don't get me though. It's, no, they, I, I no, love when there's no. that nice mix of the horror of what's within paired with like the horror of something external. Exactly. And uh, and there's like a really beautiful balance that can be struck. And I think Shining is a great example of that. Oh yeah, because like you, you and I both talked to people that are like, oh, it's like a very simple haunted ho- haunted it's a ghost, hotel yeah. story, yeah. and it's ghosts like, in hotel rooms. Like you don't think Jack like drinking again has any importance to the story? You That's know? when everything goes off the rails. He, it's that choice of mm-hmm. sitting down at that bar yep. and accepting that drink. And, and he becomes a different person. He starts he talking does. differently. That's that just like that snap that mm-hmm. you see in his personality. He just becomes a different person. You're absolutely right. It's really jarring. And it, it's so well done with the writing because like that character, he starts saying things two times in a row, mm-hmm. you know, like just repeating himself like at the end of a sentence. It's mm-hmm. such a peculiar, you know, way of talking that like other times he's not talking that way. Yeah. And anytime he's not talking to his son or his wife, he's like the nicest, most charismatic guy ever in that movie. When he's talking to the the owner or the the manager of the hotel, you know, the interview. Yeah, or like the interview to get the spot and mm-hmm. he's he seems to own his shit so well and then he just completely divests himself of responsibility. In like a, this amazing process throughout the film <laughs> where it's just, it's out of my hands. It's out of my hands. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. Yeah. 
just, and just it drops the responsibility, picks up an axe. <laughs> it's it, just it's, amazing. It's really like, and, and when, this is the good part about Wendy. It's the best part about Wendy is that she is such a wonderful, caring person that's, 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 that doesn't have like a mean bone in her body. And the mm. level it takes her to pick up that baseball bat. That bat, yeah. Like that's such a huge moment. Cause it's just like, you know, if you're a nonviolent person, you know, you don't want to hurt people. <laughs> and especially if you're have a young kid that you're also trying to protect that you're worried for, you know? Yeah. Especially because yeah. like some people that scene where Danny's got the, sh- the, the sweater ripped. Yes. And he comes in and it's like, and everyone's like, Oh, who did it? Is Was it the ghost or was it Jack or was it? This? And it's like, it doesn't matter. It almost doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because metaphorically speaking, it's Jack and you know it because mm-hmm. that's like that's that's the symbolism of the movie it's like it's just it's just this family it's just like this uh it's it's all Jack <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I love that scene with the bat that was perfect and I think a lot of people like miss the power oh, of that yeah. scene of yeah. of her okay. picking up a weapon and defending herself and defending her child against this person who is the person that she loves that she, that she trusts that, she that yeah, yeah and that she and, and she excuses behavior and she stands by him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even you know just everything like all the emotional weight the history everything that she picks up the bat she knows something's wrong and she goes in there to support him like and and letting him right, know like right. oh my god there's somebody else in the hotel like you know like we have to protect ourselves like she was oh my still god, with you're him right. that's true that's she, why she came in with the bat originally totally and then right. she sees what he's been writing and she turns on him in the scene where she's like oh shit you are not okay and and starts like holding it out and and is and that's when she starts doing like the and she's not holding it like a weapon she's holding it like a boundary and she starts going like stay away from me stay away from me totally. and then she starts swinging it like a weapon and he's just going, Wendy, give me the bat, and then threatens her. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. this amazing scene where everything just turns, like in one continuous scene. It's just really powerful. And everybody looks at her and misses a lot of the power that's oh, yeah. there because they think, you know, they they look at, I think they judge the way that the actress looks, Shelley Duvall. They go, oh, she's, you know, that they, they say things about how she looks. The character is sniveling. Or they, they just, you know, they, there's so right. much judgment that yeah. people Excuse have that me they for miss. being upset in this yeah, situation. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, this is horrifying. Like, God. Um, and, uh, and I think like they're, they're so busy judging just either like her attractiveness or, or her togetherness or the way that she's expressing emotion that they miss the power that's there and yeah. how much it took to pick up a weapon. Like she, she picked up the bat. And then in that scene comes to that realization that her husband is part of the problem yeah, and, exactly. and finds the strength very quickly as soon as he starts threatening her and trying to take it from her to actually strike him down. That's amazing. It is amazing. It's astonishing. Like you look at the history of women in domestic violent situations, that is astounding that level of strength to find that so fast Mm -hmm. because it takes so long for so many people to find it and yes there is a history of abuse in the past like that's addressed in the earlier but it's 
Right, right. Is it ever really said that it has been against her? No. It was just, they just mentioned like that, it was one, against Danny. that one time, you know, and it was an accident right. and blah, blah, blah. And he hasn't taken a drink since. But then like, you know, when like she's like telling the story, like there's totally other stuff going yes. on, you know. There's that that weight, that undercurrent that you can feel that, you know, she's saying it's all fine and it was an accident. But um, yeah, she's, you like, know, there's there's something there. And what is Wendy doing when she's. Uh, hurling the bat at Jack, she's going up the stairs. Up the stairs, she's gaining higher ground. Ga- yeah, mm-hmm. well, she's spotted, above him, yeah. which is like just visually, just you know, also incredible, a, a power metaphor. But she doesn't want to, and that's that's what makes yes, it so powerful. Right. She because she's almost like crawling backwards, like and and he's so predatory in the way that oh, he's yeah. coming towards her. His arms are like you still, like wide, yeah, you know, and 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 his posture it feels mm-hmm. like stalking, and and so he's like stalking her up the stairs, and she doesn't want to be gaining this higher ground. Like she's like almost rejecting it the entire way. Right. And then just finds that strength and and knocks him down those stairs and does what she has to do. Yeah, I mean, what a powerful character. She's acting like there's like literally like a wild animal coming after her that she doesn't want yes. to kill. Yes. But she knows that it's like she's in that survival moment. She's in that. I mean, she's also like very emotional in crime because this is her husband. She she's a wreck. Yeah. And she's saying like, Jack, please. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's like, oh, what a scene. Have people no heart, you know? Yeah. God, why does everyone shit on fucking Wendy Torres? And she gets a knife, you know, after the Yes. Yes. And she saves herself. She saves her son. Mm -hmm. Saves Danny. And what does she do when she first sees Danny out of the maze? She throws the knife away. She doesn't hold on to it. That's that's her character in a nutshell. That's her. She doesn't want to be a part of the violence. Mm. not even like you know she she's she loves her family she loves her son you know she can't trust her husband anymore and she's all about her family you know and we talked about that too how you know a lot of writing for you know these female characters or it's all around motherhood or protecting Mm -hmm. your kid the the mama bear kind of you know yeah script trope but damn there's some great some great mama bear stories out there really there are and they're they're beautiful like and i have so much appreciation for them but i i think at a certain point like i did notice like that that is where historically we're more comfortable with women finding strength in a motherhood role that's that's far more palatable to us um and if it isn't that it's like the strong a type a character you know mm -hmm. that like maybe like a helen hunt twister type character Mm-hmm. You know, which is interesting because usually, if there is like a type A power character in the writing, like they'll find ways to shit on her the whole way through. That's also like true. for that power, um, or or that confidence. You know, like the the boss bitch, right? You know, right. like she's a boss, so we're ca- we're gonna call her a bitch the whole way through. Totally, yeah. And I I love watching that change. Uh, and I loved that uh, Helen Hunt's character Joe and in, uh, in in Twister. That they don't send any of that her way. She's the boss. She has this amazing team, mostly men, and right, they all right. work beautifully together. And no one challenges her authority or oh hell no shits on her for being the boss. And it's they they work beautifully together as a team. She's very passionate. She's an expert in her field, as we've you know mentioned. And um, 
and it's just wonderful. Like, and and the the power struggle that happens between her and Bill really like comes across like less in terms of of it being like a gender power struggle and more just like the force of two personalities, like totally, two two totally. leaders, two people who are natural leaders, and them struggling, and it not being about like, well, I should be the boss because I you know, I'm a man. Right. And, uh, and yeah, it, Bill, you know, Bill I didn't is get putting that sense. safety over innovation where mm-hmm. Joe is putting innovation over safety mm-hmm. or just progression, you know, it's like she's yeah. more, it's like, uh, it's like that Star Trek, uh, TNG episode where the uh, doctor has to save Worf after he breaks his back. And she's like trying all this experimental stuff and Crusher gets like really upset at her for like being like way too, like dangerous and like mm. not doing like the method, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a similar dynamic going on where it's like, they're both very good, but like Bill's, you know, you know, him going as like the weatherman and they're like kind of joking, and you know, he's the weatherman <laughs> and stuff. And it's yeah. like, but that's like a safe version of what they were doing, you know? Yeah. And his new job reflects his character's job, attitude, yeah. you know, towards what they do. Where Joe is like, I want to, you know, grab a parachute and go right into this thing, you know? Yeah. And they're like, maybe that's not such a great trenches. idea. Yeah. It's not going to bring your dad back, mm-hmm. which which is like, that's a big part of like her motivation is to save people like her dad. Like her dad couldn't be saved. Yeah. But like she's doing this new technology so that she can save other people, you know? Yeah. And the the beauty of of looking at there was like a clarification to her motivations that was really just kind of crystallized in the writing, which was like, this happens, this was formative. Thus it led to this obsession, you know, like this passion slash obsession, but that it's very defined in that it has this end goal. It led to this innovation of this method that will have the results of X, Y, Z better warning system, thus preventing the tragedies that have befallen my family. I will help other people in the way that I needed. And that's something I definitely like. If I can't go back in time and prevent this tragedy, I'm going to help future, you know, possible tragedies. Exactly. And that's beautiful. I I love that. Yeah. And Helen Hunt's just great. And the movie's hilarious. And (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman as Dusty. I fucking love that character. (laughs) I'm so glad you mentioned him. (laughs) And they're like, they're like, oh, where is she? You know, and she's like, oh, I left her with Dusty. You left her with, left her dust? with Dusty? Oh my What's God, wrong what's the matter you? with you? Yeah. <laughs> you just cut to him like, the suck zone. <laughs> yeah, this is the suck zone. Oh, and that the actress like that played Melissa, just like the oh, dumbfounded, like so blank good. look on her face is exquisite. Some love towards that actress that played Melissa. She just really... Honestly, what a character. The movie needed that character. She was so necessary. Because she did, she was uh, the, the catalyst for any exposition that took place in any of that movie. You're right, yeah. If there wasn't her, like, they're all experts. Why are they talking about the minutiae? of what they're doing. They know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And she's also there as like the normal fucking person. That's like, yes. you know, you're all insane, right? Yeah, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? And like, like everyone else audience. is like in the middle of a twister and just sort of like, yeah, kick ass. And she's like, Holy fuck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, she is like us this? throughout the movie. She's yes. we're, we're looking through her lens, you know, which is great. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, it's, it's underrated. And you know what? Um, another, uh, kind of type a badass character i was thinking of maybe not too many people think about 
is uh, Vivica A. Fox in Independence Day, Will Smith's girlfriend in Independence Day. Yes. Who uh, helps her kid and her dog escape the New York or like wherever they were, the apocalypse in the city. Yeah. In the tunnels. And then she got a bus and started driving around helping saving people. people. Saving yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, she was amazing. Including and that like the first lady. Yeah. And the the quick thinking in that tunnel. I love like I love inventive, like problem solving. Yes. I love that like inventive thinking on on your feet when women are allowed to uh to have that and finding that that life saving little like door in the wall that no one else saw. And the oh, yeah. dog. Oh yeah, I can't remember the dog's name. Uh, Boomer. Was it Boomer? Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I'll forget everybody's name. I'll remember the dog's <laughs> name. And I also like so much love towards Twister as well for like giving me that like that fear that the dogs in the movie are gonna die and then saving them every single time. Yes, totally. <laughs> like, totally. Toby in the beginning, then Moose, the aunt's uh, the aunt's dog oh, in the yeah. house that's collapsing. That so, scene is great. When they have to save her and the dog. Yeah, and the dog is is saving her by barking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. What a beautiful movie. I think it's just, I don't know why, uh, I really think the cow mooing may have just memed it too hard. The floating cow? The floating cow. The flying cow. The flying cow. Cow, not a cow. Otherwise, the movie is fairly grounded. Yeah, there's some some stuff like that's in there. The villain tornado chasers. <laughs> yeah, what's that actor's name? It was so fun seeing Carrie him in Hughes. a role like that. Yes, it was so fun seeing. Also known as Robin of Loxley. Or the Man in Black. Princess yeah. Bride. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Women, women in tights. Yes. <laughs> See, I grew up with Princess Bride. Oh, okay. I, I only saw. Um, <laughs> I definitely grew up with Men in Tights. Uh, yeah, like I only saw that when I went to a friend's house because it was like <laughs> far too body for my house. <laughs> I love that movie. That's good. That's a gem. Oh, I love that movie. That might be that might be my favorite um, Mel Brooks movie. It's not a popular choice, but oh, it's it's so silly. Mine's Young Frankenstein. Oh, that that one's really great. That mm. that one's wonderful. That's that's my gold. Michael yeah, Star. I would say my Let's top my top three would be like Young Frankenstein, Men in Tights, and uh, Blazing Saddles. Mm. What was the uh, the movie you? I was recommending uh, Practical Magic. That's oh yeah, I, was... I couldn't find it anywhere besides HBO Max, but I'll check it out soon. I might have to lend it to you because it's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, Sandra you got Bullock. a DVD? No. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. Um, but Sandra Bullock and uh, Nicole Kidman. Yes. And they're really a, a lot of confidence and also just like the the exploration of tradition, of identity, of being other, and also of being like fated. I love it. And, uh, and you know, destiny and curses and magic and, and what it is to be a witch, you know, and I, I, I loved the exploration uh, or like the, uh, the expression of witchcraft, like it, it, it ha- it takes so many forms in films and in TV shows, and um, and I really loved what this movie did with it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I love I love Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. We were talking about them the other night. Yeah, 
Well, and there's a there's an abusive ex in this uh, uh. in this movie, so that's a big plot point is uh, is the abusive man, and that's uh, Nicole Kidman. You know, has that's, to that's awesome and uh, sisterhood and and everything. It's it's very powerful and uh, and really wonderful and. I, I I just adore I'll it. It has su- it, it has such a sure. spot in my heart. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll like drive it over to you sometime. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. We'll have a, um, a DVD swap. I'll give you some good some gems. That sounds good. Yeah. You know what I was thinking of the other night too? How Panic Room and Die Hard are very similar movies, but just like yeah. completely differently made. You know? Yeah. Even down right. to the the scene where she breaks the the mirror in the bathroom and there's glass all over the ground and she walks over the ground with the glass on her bare feet. Mm. It's like literally like the same scene as Die Hard and they're trying to break into the safe, you know? Yeah. Try to steal the money and they're in this place and they're barricaded and and there's someone on the inside and they got to take them out from the, it's, it's, it's so similar. Strategy and, I'll take Panic Room over Die Hard, though. Just, that's that's my hot take. Tonight. Die Hard is my Christmas movie with my partner. We watched that. Like, it, it, it's, it's my favorite great. one because like nobody realizes it's a holiday film, but it is. <laughs> oh, totally. And so it's my favorite holiday film because it's uh, it's it is, but it isn't. It's uh, like I'm I'm not all about like I'm I'm not really the only reason I celebrate Christmas is because I grew up celebrating Christmas. I'm not Christian, so. Sure, same. <laughs> if I can find a sweet holiday movie that isn't shoving Santa down my throat, like that sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, I watch Jingle All the Way with my brother every year. That's our our Christmas movie. What's that? It's with um Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad trying to find uh the Turbo Man action figure for their kids for Christmas. Oh, okay. It's okay. like it's like Looney Tunes like slapstick. It's yeah, Schwarzenegger did some uh, some interesting goofy shit, and I, I I love that he did. Did you ever yeah. see Eraser? Eraserhead? No, just Eraser. Eraser. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Arnold Schwarzenegger in Eraser oh, with uh, Vanessa yeah. Williams. Oh, I did see that. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Though. I love that movie, and that's another great. Like I I I also appreciate that character, Vanessa Williams, in that movie. I loved her in that. She was so beautiful and so powerful and she was so um she's the witness that you know the like arms dealers and like shitty people don't want her to testify and she's just like uh altruism she wants to do the right thing she found out her employers weren't playing by the rules they were doing some dirty stuff like under the table and she's like i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna do the right thing and all innocent and like walks into just absolute hell and just blows up her life no one explains oh my god what she was getting into and and he's assigned to protect her oh my god and and then and it's it is like her entering the situation like you know wide-eyed and 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 innocent basically and uh and then being tested by circumstance and finding strength and i love that and she i just love her in that movie she's a great female character as well and i'm so glad that you mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger, so I could remember. <laughs> so you can remember this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, this is like a really weird game of um of six degrees, but it keeps happening. But um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, but we... who who else should we talk about? Oh yeah, we got to talk about what lies beneath. Oh. Because that was like you recommended. I watched that, and I watched it alone, and it was so scary and so good, <laughs> and. 
uh, it was terrifying to go to the bathroom after watching that movie. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so thank you for that. That was a yes. wonderful experience. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Bathtubs. There's something about like me and bathtubs. Like I keep recommending like really scary <laughs> horror too. movies that That's just like true. will fuck up baths for everybody forever. That's what I want to do. You just have showed fuck me up some the bathtub. creepy bathtub movies. <laughs> Uh, hey, if you're looking for really creepy bath time, um, <laughs> bath time <laughs> horror movies, I know I know the right person to go to. Oh my, yeah, what was it? The Changeling. That's, yeah, that's the other. There's a ghost in the bathtub. The in wonderful that one. bathtub ghost story. Oh my god, that yeah. movie messed me up. Good, good. That movie got me. That movie really it's got me. It's good. It's it's just got what you need and like before special effects and it did it really really well. You had me like yelling at your TV at your house. It was like I was like upset. I was like get out. I was like screaming. I was I was like why are you still here? Yeah. Why would you stay in this house? You have no obligation to solve this mystery. Mhm. I think that's what the um you know the the tragedy that the movie opens with does is create that sense of emotional obligation. Right, totally. To a, a child in distress. Oh, that movie is so is so scary. It's so it good. It's really well done. Oh, that haunting like child voice. Oh, yeah. And also talk about like the the ball coming down the stairs oh, oh my god and then like the woman yeah. when she's talking she's in the middle of her sentence and then she just like slams back into the wall like right, right. with this look of just like pure terror and shock and the wheelchair is like on the landing oh god that oh, gets god. me every fucking time Ooh, i'm like actually getting goosebumps right now thinking about this <laughs> that's what i'm here for <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that is so Oh, it's creepy. a great movie. It's a great movie. Oh, but you were talking about what lies beneath. Oh yeah, but then I was just thinking of the ball with the shining and then the changeling and they both have the ball thing going on. Yeah. And and I saw a trailer for that movie that you watched recently, His House. Yeah. And there was like part of that trailer is like a ball rolling down the floor. Mhm. I was like, "Oh my god. If that's not an obvious, you know, yeah, that was an interesting one that was recommended to me by the um, the British friend that I mentioned in the Stop Shooting on Yourself episode. Oh, okay. Um, she said that was really good. And, it looks um, so scary. It is. It's it's very powerful. It was very surprising. It wasn't what I was expecting at all, but I really loved its perspective. And um, it's it's a good one. Like, I don't want to oh, yeah. spoil it for you. No, because I, I think I'd probably watch that. Yeah, it's on Netflix, I think. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I checked out a trailer and I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, I can see where they're going with the movie, you know, from the trailer. Like, I can, I understand, like, why this house is haunted. Like, it, like, the, you the think metaphor. You think you do. You or, think yeah, you do. Okay, but there's, okay. there's a okay. nice twist there. Okay. Um, I don't want to ruin it for you, but there's, like, some really interesting, like, there's a reveal and you're like, oh, shit. And it's, yeah, it's good. Oh, I love it. I love it. As, as a chid. Oh yeah, but like what lies beneath? Like that that movie is like the, like the ultimate like gaslighting movie like of all it time. It really is. It is. I, I don't want to I can't think of a better a better one. I'm afraid to like spoil it. Like uh, you know, true, we, true. Yeah, we should we should say like if if we're going to if we're going to say spoilers, we should yeah. just like If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen What Lies Beneath, 
just pause the podcast, go go watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> come come back when you've watched it. Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Harrison Ford. Let's get with it. Yeah. So good. Yeah, we don't have to give away the ending, but um I don't think so either. But yeah, you're right. So much uh, I mean, gaslight masterpiece. Oh yeah. Oof. I mean, the audience included, which I think is brilliant with that movie. Like you feel like you're losing your mind watching the movie. Yeah. Like and what is happening and like, you keep, you think you do. And then, Oh my God. Right, yeah. I loved, right. I loved you texting like in the middle of watching it, just being, <laughs> you know, it just, you, I was getting periodic texts of just being like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, this, this is happening and this is happening. Like, Oh, you know, and, and then you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh, making good. all these connections and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, 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 yeah, that movie will that movie will mess you up for sure. In a good way though. And I mean like I again, so. a woman who found her strength. She's definitely like they touch on that like kind of and also like the mental emotional fragility of, you know, like the the woman that's soft in the head. Oh, her, you know, like empty nest syndrome and Oh, totally. she had kind of like a breakdown that's alluded to and she crashed her car and, you know, and she's just a little sensitive and maybe this is all in her head and, uh, and definitely like they, they poke that tender spot and exploit it. And, um, oh yeah. And then she has faith in what she's experiencing, which is so important Absolutely. and, and, and holds like the whole movie together is just her having faith, like. There's something, you know, and she says it like there's something happening in this house, whether you like it or not. And that is, oh, my God, that's such a trope of why? Like, there's always like the woman that's like there's something happening in this house. And then like her husband is always like, no. Right. Yeah. You're fucking crazy. (laughs) It's not. There's like ghosts throwing shit through the kitchen. He's like, no, I don't see it. (laughs) I was like, it was like in like the others. The guy's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, are you serious? You didn't see this table flop around? Mm -hmm. We're leaving Uh, now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Like that, that line with women's experience and and it being questioned is is oh, that is such a a reoccurring theme. Oh yeah, uh, with the supernatural and like what lies beneath, like in the Changeling, are oddly similar movies in many ways. Mm. Not Mm. bathtub excluded you know <laughs> bathtubs aside yeah <laughs> bathtubs aside right there's that whole like mystery solving thing and people not believing you and investigating further mm-hmm. and and in you know changing it was like his reflection upon his own life you know mm. whereas i don't i don't want to give what lies beneath what you gotta just it's it's great yeah. any of these movies we talked about tonight are all are all just five-star movies worth a watch yeah I think people frown upon horror movies too quickly mm-hmm. and they don't they don't give them a chance because they are thinking about like jump scares or not being able to sleep that night through something spooky that they saw and it's like i don't know it's like i guess you kind of you have to kind of like spooky stuff and you kind of have to you kind of maybe want a good cry maybe <laughs> yeah i don't know Maybe some people just don't like doing that voluntarily. Yeah, there's there's a lot of richness there. And I think it's um yeah, I I like the way Elliot talks about things as medicine. 
um, finding medicine and things. Totally. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, for, for some people, maybe they're not going to find as much medicine in horror movies, but certainly I think the three of us definitely do find a lot of, a lot of medicine. In oh there. yeah. I'd say so um, for sure. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. This was so Too. much fun. I love talking movies with you. I love talking stories in art with you. I think you're, you're, you're in it. You're, you're really uh, engaging when you talk about it. You're very, like, you know, we share the the movie language. We know the, <laughs> the stuff we're talking about. You know, we, we, we love metaphor and symbolism in movies. We like finding the heart of a movie and, yeah, and we'll, we'll keep coming back with, um, with some new suggestions. I love it. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you again. This was great. I had an awesome time. Always awesome hanging out with you and just shooting the breeze. I can't wait till we can do it in person again someday. I know, I know. No, I miss uh, hanging out with you and just actually being able to chill. We'll get there. We'll get there someday. Someday. Day after COVID. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for listening. More chats with Kim are on the way. Please write in with feedback, listener questions, or episode requests to podcast.findingokay at gmail.com. Let me know if you're interested in joining me on the show. I would love to have you. Finding Okay is crowdfunded and paid for out of pocket. I am unemployed and anything helps. You are the ones helping me make this happen. Thank you. A link to the GoFundMe can be found on the brand new podcast website, www.finding-ok.com. And I post links routinely on my Facebook page. I also post relevant articles, art, memes, and resources daily. Feel free to friend me. Hecate F-O-K, H-E-C-A-T-E, F dot O-K-A-Y. You can also find me on Instagram. I have created a private Finding OK Facebook group for survivors. You are welcome there, and I hope you'll join us. Please take a minute to rate and review the podcast to help me reach more listeners. Reviews are featured on the new website, and you get a shout-out on the next episode. And a special shout-out to my friend in New Mexico, who's going through an especially hard time. I love you so much, and I'm thinking of you. Good luck. Thank you so much for your continued support. Please share, subscribe, and donate if you can. This has been Finding Okay. Black Lives Matter. Take care of yourself. Your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep on loving. Keep on fighting. And hold on. And hold on. Hold on for your life. <laughs>